Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati Rotten, and I'm glad you could join us today. And I am praying that today you find yourself experiencing the goodness of God. You're experiencing Him near you, and that He know that He has a plan for your life. And whatever that looks like today is not necessarily what it's going to look like in the future. Especially we know how the story ends, and that's always an encouragement to us, no matter what we're going through. My guest today is Sarah Berkey. She was the prayer pastor of Victory Worship Center, and you'll see right away why I say was the prayer pastor. Uh, But she does a great job of taking uh, prayer and showing us how, whether in our own personal life or as a pastor leader, how to uh, incorporate it at a whole new level, Uh, just taking the big concepts and making it very practical and making it powerful. And so I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I think it's going to be helpful to you. Uh, you might want to uh, get a pen and paper, take some notes. Uh, just There's so much that she has to offer us as far as the practice of uh, prayer ministry, what prayer can look like in a church, and, and also just to inspire hope uh, for what is possible. Uh, so without further ado, my conversation with Sarah Berkey. Okay, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, it's great to have you here. Just for the audience context, uh, I it was introduced to you and the, your work uh, pretty random. I was uh, looking up uh, uh, churches that I might be able to minister at uh, on the life of prayer, and I saw uh, where you were working, and I'm like, uh, this is actually, they're doing better than what I could teach, so I'll let, <laughs> let me talk to her. Uh, and then after talking uh, to her, I said we should have her on the show. So uh, it's great to have a conversation today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, just uh, to, for the audience's sake, uh, some cha- since we set this up, some changes has happened in your life. So uh, mm-hmm. what, what's new in your world with uh, what God's doing? Well, what's new for us is we are headed to Nairobi, Kenya to become full-time missionaries, and we are uh, headed back into children's ministry. We we were in children's ministry for about 16 years and have done a few other things since then, and now we're headed back and so that we can come alongside the national church and help them develop and structure and build children's ministry, children's ministry leaders. And so we are excited to be headed to Africa in a few months. Uh, that's ex- that's exciting. Uh, we, uh, when is the estimated departure time? Is it? It should be around July first. So the sometime that first week of July, we will be uh, packing. Well, we're already packed, but headed to. <laughs> we just sold our house. It actually closes today. Wow! So, <laughs> so it's- moved in with my parents, and so we're, <laughs> we're headed headed to another continent. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, so uh, we wanted to talk about the church that you were at. Uh, right. uh, and uh, can you, just before we dive into the actual prayer ministry component of it, can you just kind of give people a context of what the church is like and what kind right. of where, where it's at and that type of stuff? Sure. So my husband and I have been here. He was also on staff. And so we've been here six and a half years. And the, the church is uh, Victory Worship Center in Tucson, Arizona. 
and we we love the church. It's great. It's a it's very um, a charismatic Pentecostal um, prophetic. It's just operating in all the the fivefold ministries of of the gospels. And so we um, we came about six and a half years ago to to do children's ministry and have entered into different roles along the way. And so along the way, I became the prayer pastor and oversaw the prayer ministry. Hey. And we'll, we'll dive into the details of, because uh, I got a bunch of questions on the different uh, okay. aspects, because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cool things uh, with the prayer ministry, but it kind of at a 30,000 foot view, can you kind of describe what prayer ministry looks like uh, at Victory Worship Center? Yeah, sure. So we have five campuses. And so what we were striving to do was uh, to make it feel the same at every campus. And so um, just a quick overview, we would have every every Sunday we have an altar call just about. It's a rare Sunday when we don't have an altar call. And so we have an altar call at each campus. The campus pastor does leads the altar call at the end of, of the message that streams. So we have a streaming message and then the campus pastor will lead the altar call. We have a ministry team at each campus and they will come up first and then people who would like prayer come up after after they come up. And so then my team would pray with anyone who wants prayer. So the altar ministry was a huge aspect of prayer ministry. And then also under prayer ministry came baptisms, which we do once a month. And so after someone's baptized, then a team member meets with them and prays with them and answers any questions they might have. And then also we would do uh, serve days once a month. And that means we're out in the community distributing food most of the time. Sometimes there was other things that we would do. But so once a month, there'd be a serve day. And then we have a prayer team there as well, praying for people as they're receiving their food and just helping people however we can. And then we also had um, healing rooms, which was twice a month on a Saturday where people would come specifically for prayer, whether it was physical or emotional or spiritual. And then the team would pray for them there. Now we have a Wednesday night prayer service, prayer meeting. And so for the first half an hour before the prayer meeting actually gets started, we also have prayer teams ready to pray for people. And so we're just a a house of prayer. That's what we're striving to be. And so every everything we do starts with prayer and uh, and continues with prayer. And some things have to end after praying about them. We, we end them. <laughs> but um, just just really want to give people opportunity to pray, to learn how to pray, to build their prayer life. And so just about every every event that we have is going to include prayer. Once a month or once a year, we do a prayer summit, which is a Saturday, and we'll bring in a guest speaker to talk about prayer, but then we spend the majority of the time, several hours praying and just seeking God's face. We also have uh, two seasons of prayer. So the first 21 days in, of the year, well, not the first, but starting around January 6th, we'll do about 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church a corp in a corporate setting where the, the entire church is participating in a prayer and fast. And we'll pray every morning, at, at every weekday morning at 626 in the morning. And uh, that's Isaiah 62, 6, the watchman on the wall praying. And so we pray, start the day off with prayer, 
And uh, then in July, we do another prayer season, season that's 21 days. And then that ends with the prayer summit. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what the overview is, but I'm, and there's prayer groups and prayer walks and right. I, I can keep going, but that's the, <laughs> that's kind of the overview. Maybe that's right. more detail than you wanted. <laughs> no, no, because I, I want people to get an idea that really there was a lot, there's a lot going on. <laughs> And and maybe you know before diving into like going through some of the specifics to help people with that, uh, what has been the byproduct? You know, maybe inspire some faith here. What can you give us? Does a story or two come to mind of something you know that God did? Kind of one of those highlight reel moments for the prayer ministry that come to mind. Well, we've had uh, quite a few healings, so I could probably go on and on about those. We had one specifically in uh, in a group where a group leader was was sick, had cancer, and his group prayed for him, and he was miraculously healed. And um, so there's those those kinds of ones. I think for me, the the most exciting thing for me has been watching people develop and grow and move from from barely knowing how to repeat the Lord's prayer to being able to pray uh, just inspired by the Holy Spirit and knowing that they're and watching their confidence grow and watching people develop and learn how to give a prophetic word or how to um, speak with authority over the situation that the person that they're praying for is dealing with or watching people's people's confidence grow and develop and become so close to Jesus that they can hear him while they're praying. I think that's been my favorite part. And um, I'm just, I, I naturally would just love teams and building teams. And so each campus has a campus prayer director. And so I have each, each one of them, there's probably individual stories for each one of them, but, but for me, one of them, uh, one of my favorite is, stories is she was a police officer for years and years and years and she joined the prayer team and I just saw the potential and and the anointing God had placed on her and so she became the campus prayer director at the campus that my husband and I launched and so I was very up close with her training because I was there at her campus and so just watching her grow and develop and walk in the in the authority of the anointing God put on her that's been that's been my one of my favorite things is is seeing her reach that purpose and that destiny that we God has put on each of us but sometimes you know that gets kind of lost in the shuffle of the busyness of life and so to see someone open themselves up and say, yes, I'll obey, even though I'm very, I'm not, I might not be comfortable with this, but I will, I will do what God's called me to do. So that's been exciting. And and that's very encouraging for, because not everyone's who's listening to this is going to have five campuses that they're, and some of, some of the things we're going to talk about may be like, oh, I I just never can do that. But uh, Mm -hmm. the development part anyone can do right 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 any any, speaking of that no before uh, any advice say for that pastor of a church 
of 50 who is, sees just a, a person in their congregation, maybe the, that police officer, and mm -hmm. wants to develop them. Uh, any advice on that process? Yeah, for sure. I think we, um, when I say we, I just mean my husband and I, because we've always been in this thing together, but um, we just always take the take the mantra of not do don't do ministry alone so always bringing somebody alongside of you even if we we have um in the and even at our size of a church for prayer ministry the only paid position was myself and my admin everyone else is volunteer so i i think that we sometimes get worried about well i can't pay them i can't um go that route but that's okay because that's not that's the majority of our of our dream team is volunteer even at this size and so for her all of our campus prayer directors they're all volunteer so i think that um, the important thing is to see the potential and the the calling they have on their life and then help them reach that whether they get paid or not and not worry about that part that part of it uh, that's that's really good because when uh, when I, I was in smaller churches you're always like okay I would I can only take them so far because right. of, but yeah you can uh, you can do a lot uh, even in that context uh, so diving into just some of the specifics of uh, what you did hey uh, the prayer summit uh, because that's also something even on a smaller scale it might not be what you guys did but so, any church could have a prayer summit of some kind. Oh, what, what did the prayer summit look like for you guys? Well, this last one that we did, we ha we brought in Matt Lockett, who he's the International House of Prayer in uh, Washington. Uh, and so he, he spoke, we did worship. We had a lot of worship, emphasis on worship. And then he spoke. And then we broke into um, kind of stations. We usually do some sort of stations. This year, what I, what we did was, we um, we did banners, and so we had a banner for Jerusalem, and then we had a banner for Judea, which is America, and then we had a banner for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. <laughs> I have to always say them all. It's like, like <laughs> and so um, America, and then well, Tucson. Sorry, let me back up. Jerusalem, Tucson, United States, and the ends of the earth. So we had a banner for each one of them, and what I felt like God leading us to do. <clears throat> was everyone received a like a little bag when they walked in and in that bag was some post-it notes and a pen. And so we spent time praying over each area. And just as they could write out their prayer, they could write out a word God gave them, they could write out a scripture and then go up and actually lay their hands on the banner and put the post-its on the banner. And so we did that, took um, probably an hour, maybe. And so we just a lot of time in prayer we had, then I had different uh, pastors came up and prayed over or leaders, prayer leaders came up and prayed over each of the specific areas. Um, and we prayed for, um, the, when we prayed for Tucson, we prayed for our church specifically in each of the ministries and the kids and the youth and um, that kind of thing. But we we generally always do some sort of stations where people are up and moving and interacting. And we just really believe that when you do something in the physical, like clap your hands or give a shout of praise or, you know, it releases something in the spiritual. And so trying to get people active and up and 
breaking this lie that of that people when people say well I'm, I'm just not a loud person well let me let me see you at a, a basketball game or a football game and then I'll believe you so, <laughs> right. just getting people interacting and and comfortable with with praying and so we we teach we teach our congregation from the the top down that if you want to learn how to pray you get around people that pray and so that's why we offer so many uh, avenues of prayer right and and it gives not only does it uh, release something when the people are active it probably keeps them from getting bored <laughs> right right last year after our prayer summit we launched some prayer groups and that seemed to be a good it seems to be a good launch pad for people who want to get involved in prayer ministry or or, or join a prayer group or just just learn more how to pray we so we try to launch something at the end of each prayer summit so i think they you would kind of introduce the concept of the prayer so we, groups right so we had leaders ready to to lead a group we didn't ask people to lead from the prayer summit we already had the leaders and then we joined the people to those leaders so that they could become involved with a group and what what does a prayer group look like so for us it's seven if you, if you spend 75 percent of the time praying you're a prayer group if you spend 75 percent of the time talking you're just a group <laughs> <laughs> so, so fine give a short give a short lesson on prayer that's fine but the majority of the time should be praying so we also have a prayer center at our broadcast campus we have a prayer center that um it's that same verse jerusalem judea samaria so it focuses on those but it's an interactive they there's um prayer requests are from each of those areas our prayer points are are on a scroll on TVs and they're praying and they can come in and pray. And then we have all our missionaries are scrolling on one and so they can pray for our, the missionaries that we support and that kind of thing. Right. So we, we remodeled it last two, two prayer summits ago. That was our, we launched that and remodeled it. I mean, it's been there forever, but we re gutted it and redid the whole thing. And that, that's so good. So are each of the, the prayer groups, uh, the prayer small groups, are they, different focus like one would be using a judea samaria that that might right. be end of the earth or is it each kind of the same no they're all they all focus on something so we have one that focuses on um our pastoral staff they pray for our staff every tuesday and uh, each of our pastors has a prayer team which we call prayer shields and so for example our intercessor our our intercession team how we my husband and i set our group up we shoot out group texts and so then they know exactly what to pray for us but for uh, the prayer groups they could pray for the government some of them some of them focus on our specific government some of them focus on israel some of them focus on um the world in in general some of them focus on students and praying for edu the education system and our students that are in schools and we have a college in our town. So there's a prayer group that focuses on our college. So they, whatever they feel God leading them to focus on, that's what they, they do. And so then they're also listed on our group's website. And so anyone just looking for an, a group would see here's the, the prayer groups and here's their focus. And some of them just pray. 
some of them, they have no focus <laughs> and pray whatever God lays on their heart that particular week. <laughs> is, is that kind of leader based then? So the leader makes a decision about what type of group right. it's going to be. Right. So uh, if I felt called to lead a group, then I would say, I'm going to lead a group. We're going to pray for our, our kids. We're going to pray for this generation. And so then anybody else interested or feeling led to pray that way would join my group. And that's what we would do. Which again, for uh, any church of any size, if you right. just find a person who's interested in praying, uh, they can pick whatever topic and then that can be a prayer group. Correct. Uh, I'm interested in uh, your idea of prayer walking. Uh, maybe it's because I like walking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and it's Minnesota and it's springtime and I'm hoping to walk. I don't know. But uh, can you... Uh, uh, tell me, how does how does prayer walking work in your context? So we focused on either schools or streets with houses or government buildings. And so we, um, for the schools, those, those went hand in hand with serve days because our serve day locations were at schools where we were distributing food once a month. And so teams would come early and walk through the schools with permission from the... <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> uh, you want to get permission when you're praying in a school, um, but they would they would walk through before the survey even happened, and they would walk through and pray for the classrooms. And depending on how much access we had, sometimes the classrooms are open, sometimes they're not, and just pray. If this if the entire school was not accessible, we would, they would walk around it. You know, it's just, it's just based off of Jericho and walking around and uh, breaking strongholds and walls that need to come down. And so then um, the praying on the streets, we, we use an app that came out of Colorado. It's called an Enc the encounter app, but they, you can click on each house as you're walking and just click it that you prayed for it. So we could actually, we had started a group uh, on the app where all, all of victory, if you're doing a prayer walk, you can see where other people have prayed and you can put in where you pray. And so that was a lot of fun to pull up and see all the yellow houses that, that got prayed for. And so um, then the government buildings, they, I, the leader that I had for that, she would send out an email to everyone interested in that and say, like, for example, we prayed for the library one month. And so she would, she actually did some research and, and different things and gave out prayer points. And so that one, it didn't work out where they could all go together to pray at the library, but they would all make a point to go. So we did the courthouse, the library, different public buildings, and they would just quietly walk through the buildings and praying and, and just hearing God, what he would have them pray for that, for those. So we did, so those were our three main focuses for prayer walks. Right. And they, and then they could check out some books on the way out. No. <laughs> Unfair. <laughs> That's right. Hey, going back to what, uh, what's that? In, you said Encounter app? Was that? Mm -hmm. It's Encounter app. We just bummed it from another church. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a prayer walk app. You can say, even uh, they have buttons, like if you talk to someone on the street and pray for them, you can put that in. So it's a, hey. I guess it's a national thing now. People are using it everywhere, but it's just called Encounter. So, but it wasn't hard to bum off because I mean it's it's easy. No, in, mm -hmm. no. Uh, we set up a we set up a group user, 
and username and then anyone that joined the prayer walk team they received instructions how to to get to that and in the prayer center on one of the ipads that we pull had it pulled up so that people could even just walking into the prayer center see it and and walk the neighborhoods around the church and then put in where they that's a, that sounds like a pretty good resource that people could use uh, and, uh, and you said you recently started the prayer service or has that been going on for a long time um, well, we had been meeting Saturday mornings okay. uh, for prayer, and so we we transitioned that to Wednesday Wednesday evenings. We had done on Wednesday nights. We had done classes and and uh, different things like that, and then just our pastor just really felt led to transition that prayer meeting back to Wednesday night, and so uh, so we we moved it from Saturday morning to Wednesday. And what does the prayer service look like? So pastor will, well, a lot of worship and pastor will give a, a message or, or another pastor. And, um, that message is streamed to the, all the campuses, every campus will have live worship. And then the message is streamed and then we'll go into a time of prayer. And sometimes that looks like everyone's praying on their own, or sometimes pastor will, lead uh, a point and then we'll pray for a while and then he'll bring another point and then we'll pray we also uh, in our sunday um it's not really a bulletin but i don't know what it's called these days right <laughs> they <didn't know. laughs> but um, <laughs> we have a, a prayer it's a bulletin it's fine <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna tell me if they listen to this so it's um a prayer request card and it just says prayer request and so on that so every Sunday everyone that walks through any door receives this and they can fill out their prayer request and drop it in the offering and then on Wednesday nights we every campus we pray over these cards and this is something anyone can do any size of a church just make available cards for people to write their requests on and so we pray for those requests and then any request that has a, a prodigal on it requesting prayer for an unsaved loved one we pull those after Wednesday and those go to a, a prayer group that's requested them and they pray over the, they continue to pray over those prodigals. And so we, otherwise we start the cards over every week. We don't hang okay. on to them because there's so many of them. So we, we sometimes we'll put them in the prayer center for people to pray over or, um, but every card gets prayed for every, every Wednesday night. And so, so they're generally on a Wednesday night, during the prayer portion, there will be a time when they're, we're praying over the cards. Uh, and uh, this is uh, just the questions that I ask, but uh, how long is the actual prayer service, like specific length of time? Or do you have not, a, is it a fuzzy ending or? No, it's, it's not too fuzzy. Uh, we, <laughs> we start the, at six, we start praying for people. The ministry team starts praying for people who need prayer. At 6.30, worship starts. Um, at 7 is when pastor will come up. And that's a, that's a very brief teaching on prayer. Not It's not very long. And then we pray till about 7.45, sometimes 8 o'clock. So I guess it's a little fuzzy, but not too fuzzy. But we're, we're generally out of there by 8. Especially because some of the campuses are portable in, in schools. And so then they, ha they still have tear down. They'll tear everything back down after prayer. So, so it's an hour and 15 to an uh, hour and a half right. full. 
Uh, so that uh, six to six thirty is that uh, kind of the main time when people are being prayed for, or is during the other prayer time? Do you also have the prayer teams available? It, it just depends. It depends on, for example, if pastor does a teaching about healing, then he may call the ministry team back up to pray for people. We're we're pretty um, specific about who can pray for people at the altar. Of course, you can pray for anyone in your seat, but up at the altar, those that team has been trained thoroughly, and and so we're um, we're also pretty careful about laying on of hands because we have in the past encountered. Um, some like witchcraft, some witchcraft, some people who with ill intent who have come and tried to lay hands on people. And of course we want to guard, guard our, our people from that. And so people at the, the ministry teams at the front, at the altar specific time, they will have gone through training. And so he, depending on what he's talking about, he may call them back up to pray for people. Generally it's just during that first half an hour, half hour, um, but our people are so used to receiving prayer. If they need prayer, they're going to find someone to pray for them. And we, we use name tags. So, so people know who's on the, on the dream team. And then the prayer team's part of that. Hey, and you, you, you said they're thoroughly trained. Uh, you gave me access to your uh, video training and they are, th I can say they are thoroughly trained. <laughs> that is, an, uh, that is an, a great resource that you, uh, you created to help people uh, through that process. So uh, obviously people can't, we, we don't want to uh, destroy your servers or anything with uh, <laughs> sending everyone that way. But if you were giving uh, if you were giving like a couple minute, uh, here's how to train someone to pray for someone else. But what would be your starting point for a pastor or a leader who's trying to develop that in their own church? Uh, I would. <laughs> I, I know you've got a lot, but <laughs> it's a big elephant here. Um, I would say, well, first of all. I or maybe maybe let me stop you for a second. Maybe the better question is, uh, what, how how did you, how did you think about creating a a course kind of thing? What was okay. your kind of points that you like? I need to cover these things. Well, the prayer pastor before me was our um, previous pastor's wife, and they were there twenty five years, and she did a phenomenal job. Um, with developing prayer ministry. And so my role was to come in and make it reproducible for campuses. And so um, the, the task was to take a, a full two-day training and put it into a bite size that everyone could go through. So to, to bullet point that, customer service, first and foremost, I think that the people have to understand that when someone comes to the altar, they're hurting. It doesn't matter what kind of hurt that is, they're hurting. And so to be gentle and caring and kind is, a, is the place to start. Something we always say is to pray with your eyes open. And that's, that's a weird, like, that's not something you just naturally think of, but you can't see what's happening if you don't have your eyes open. And there's all kinds of reasons for that, but I'm, I won't go into that right now. But um, also just listening to the Holy Spirit and not speaking 
any more than he wants you to speak. A lot of times we we'll pray and then we feel like we need to interpret it or bring counseling. And that's not the case. Just let the Holy Spirit do his work. So when you're praying for someone, it's just so important to recognize what's you and what's the Holy Spirit. And if you're not sure, then it's better to err on the side of less words than more words. <laughs> but as you're, as you, someone's developing in, in the ability to pray for other people, the voice of the Lord gets so much clearer and clearer as you go. So I think, I think it's important to have the practicals of customer service, but then also training people how to hear the voice of God and how to use scripture properly in prayer. Those are, those are big things. We, and we always say, if you're going to um, pray prophetically or give a prophetic word, don't interpret that. The Holy Spirit doesn't need you to. He doesn't need you to counsel. He doesn't need you to, to add to what he's saying. You just pray. And when you're, you're done, you're done. Even if you, your person wants to continue, you stop. And so we actually have a hand signal that wraps people up because we have uh, at the altar, we have what they're called watchmen and they're watching what's happening at the altar. They're watching the team. They're watching our guests. They're, they're just making sure that everything is running smoothly and so they have a they have a hand signal and they wrap it they if someone's counseling we tell them wrap it up <laughs> and uh and, and so we do that so that's important we also do a teaching on baptism of the holy spirit because um everyone generally starts off on a different page when it comes to that and so to bring everyone onto the same page we don't ever assume anyone even if they've grown up in a pentecostal church understands and so during training we give them opportunity to receive the baptism of the holy spirit if they want to and so that's important so i think for each pastor would be what are your what i would say what are the things that what's the culture you want to build what is it we have a culture of prayer this is what our culture of prayer looks like what's your what kind of culture of prayer do you want to build and then work toward that that's uh... I have said something along that line uh, many times talking to pastors. So it's, uh, the, what you said in the last couple of minutes uh, the, is so there's so much there that I think people could grab a hold. I just want to highlight two things just a uh, first, the customer service aspect right. of that. People uh, sometimes think prayer and they just think the spiritual side of it, but there's the, the practical application that you're, serving people that are coming up and uh, i mean in general with prayer ministry could use a lot more of that and right. the and the practice of i mean you talk about eyes open i've done teaching on how to pray for someone and that's one of the first things i i say uh and maybe I, as a reference for people if they want uh i i have a, a youtube video how to pray for someone a b c d uh that's a uh, I'll put that in the show notes uh, for people to uh, check out if they want some practical uh, teaching on that. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up because I know you got to uh, get uh, on with the, the rest of your day here. Uh, but uh, any uh, kind of final advice that you would uh, have, not just prayer ministry teams, but just kind of zooming back again uh, for that, maybe that pastor who is, well, here, I'll give you two kind of quick things you could look at. One, the pastor who uh, is trying to build the culture of prayer in their church. So, you know, any there. And then for the uh, average Christian who's like, 
I just want to grow in my prayer life. Uh, any kind of final advice for both of those groups? So for the pastor building a culture of prayer, I would say one thing that we have done at, at a couple of campuses that we have launched is we, um, altar calls do not come naturally to people. So if you're trying to build a, build that into your service, we actually asked our, some of our dream team volunteers at the end of the service, if you're not serving somewhere specifically, please come up for prayer. First of all, there's always something you could receive prayer for. Secondly, we're building a culture. So we want to make our guests feel comfortable to come up for prayer. So why not people who have been used to it for years, they're now serving somewhere else, not on the prayer team specifically, but come up for prayer. And so that has really laid a foundation of helping the rest of the congregation to feel comfortable and so probably a good solid six months when we launched our campus last year, that's what we did. They, if they weren't serving at the Welcome Center or info, somewhere at Greeter or whatever, at the end, they came up for prayer. And we, we saw that that really helped people. So that might be a, just a practical to do on a Sunday. If you want to start an altar call, you assign five people to come up for prayer. <laughs> 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 and, and but be careful because when you do that five more people are going to come because they're confident oh this is what i'm supposed to do kind of a thing it's not it's not normal it's not a normal church thing anymore for people to have an altar call so that's what i would say also just be looking you know and ask the lord he'll show you who but be looking for people who can lead and help even if they're still developing because we're all developing still i've learned a ton over the last few years so you're you're looking for people who who have a heart for prayer who want to lead other people who want to um to help build that culture but they may not even know it most of most of my leaders they didn't even realize what i what i the questions i was asking them they didn't know why i was asking or they wouldn't have answered the way they did <laughs> they didn't know what they got themselves in <laughs> but but ask some specific questions ask them about their prayer life ask them about their devotional life ask them about what what the what they would how they would pray for a sick person ask some questions and just start identifying who can help you build the build that culture. And then for an individual that wants to grow, I'm going to say the same thing. My pastor says every time get around people that pray. If you want to learn how to pray, get around people that pray, get in the word, start praying scripture. Um, I think the best thing to develop your personal prayer life to learn how is to start praying out loud scripture. So if you're struggling with an addiction, look and see what the Bible says about that and pray that. If you're struggling with a sickness, look and see, find a scripture and pray that scripture, declare that scripture over your situation. And because when you're praying scripture, you can't go wrong. There's no, <laughs> that is the absolute truth and the foundation of what we believe. And so when you're, when you're developing, how do I learn how to pray? Start with the word of God. And when, what, what, if you're anxious, if you have anxiety, there's scripture for that. There's literally scripture for every situation we go through. And so that's, that's what I would encourage the individual who's, who's trying to learn and grow. This, this has been solid. I have all sorts of notes here for myself. This has been really good. Uh, and I, I did fail as a, as a 
host to ask this before we started. Uh, is there, a, if people want to learn about your work in Kenya, is there, a, is there a website to go to or anything like that for them to find out more? Uh, not a, not a website yet. We, I do have on my Instagram, the link post posted about it. Um, so I'm just Ber the Berkey family. The, the Berkey family. Uh, you know what? I don't know. It's either. I'll find, I'll find it and put in the show notes. I'm not like super smart <laughs> with Instagram yet. This is barely new. I'm usually just on Facebook at Sarah Berkey. And then in parentheses, it says Sarah Wheeler. Cause that was my maiden name. So I've, I've more done Facebook than Instagram, but either one, they should be able to get this. <laughs> All right. And I'll, again, I'll put, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes for people to find it. All right. And before we go, let me, since you're on a new adventure, let me pray for you and then we'll send you. Uh, uh, Lord, I thank you for this time, this conversation. I thank you uh, for the wisdom uh, that we have received, uh, such practical, uh, just down to earth things that we need as uh, prayer leaders or for prayer individuals. I pray that each person would uh, take that and run with it. Uh, I pray now for Sarah and her family as they start on this new adventure. Uh, we're all on an adventure with you and they're on theirs. And I pray that you would give them success as they go, that all the transition would go well, uh, even this house closing and things like that. Lord, you have your way in that and it may it be a smooth uh, ride from here on out. And we thank you in your name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. I think there was just so much in there that you're going to be able to use in your own life or if you're a pastor or a leader in your ministry, uh, maybe you're a youth pastor, you can take this and apply this to your youth group, uh, building a culture of prayer in your youth group. Uh, that could be the start of something amazing for the entire church as the youth get on fire for prayer. Uh, and let me just give you a, a bit of warning. Uh, I know when I listen to podcasts like this, sometimes I mean, it's so dense with ideas and things like that that I end up doing nothing as a result. So let me encourage you to uh, do two things and not a hundred things. Uh, two things. One, uh, why don't you go over to our show notes at enjoyingprayer.org uh, and click on podcast and uh, get something from that uh, just so that you're uh, getting, you know, maybe it's uh, finding Sarah on Instagram or, or uh, getting that YouTube video on how to pray for someone watching that, uh, that I'll put in the show notes. Uh, that would be one. And two, pick one thing from what you share that spoke to you. One, uh, prayer summit, uh, the things on uh, building prayer groups, whatever. Pick one thing and do something with it today. Uh, maybe shoot an email to someone who is uh, on your team if you're a pastor and say can we talk about a prayer summit or if you're a personal life you know someone who's a person of prayer you say can we get together to pray right, whatever that is do one thing today and it'll make a difference in your life uh, I encourage you uh, there <laughs> prayer becomes all sorts of other things when you uh, begin to go after God it makes a difference not just there but it kickstarts the whole adventure obviously for Sarah that's sending her to Kenya whatever that's going to be for you it starts with heart for prayer and heart for Jesus and out of that relationship God can do amazing things uh, before you go today let me encourage you to subscribe uh, to the podcast we got some great ones coming around the corner can't tell you quite yet because I still work on the schedule but there's, there's some uh, good ones I've already recorded one that I really know you're going to like. So subscribe so you don't miss any in the future. Until next time, thanks for listening.